I decided to do this semi-formally and welcome, Joelle. I don't think I'm going to use much jargon, but if I ask, if I say something that's unclear, okay. just, just ask. Okay, thank you. Unsurpassed, penetrating, and perfect dharma is rarely met with even in a hundred thousand million kalpas. Having it to see and listen to, to remember and accept, I vow to taste the truth of the Tathagata's words. Now, good morning. Sometimes you have to say no. And what triggered that for me is listening to the radio yesterday, listening to the news about Donald Trump meeting with, I don't know, if, I, guess, I guess he's a Nazi, I don't know, that, what, what's his name, Fuentes? I mean, and, and, uh, and uh, Ye, Ye, Kanye West, and the anti-Semitism, and the fact that this stuff isn't really condemned, or everybody condemns Fuentes, but Ye has been spewing anti-Semitism for quite a while. Mm -hmm. And the Republicans on the House Judiciary Committee had put up a tweet, I guess, mm -hmm. and it said, yay, mm -hmm. Elon and Trump. Yeah. Mm. And Elon's been forwarding yes. terrible stuff, too. And, and some of it is you know, not just anti-Semitic, but also sort of white Christian nationalist, sexists, you name it, but that, that, that they were, a lot of people in the Republican Party have been kind of ignoring it or continuing to celebrate Kanye West, who I think it's, I think it's pretty clear that he's having, uh, you know, that he has uh, mental health problems and and it's just okay with them to, uh, what do you call it, exploit that. Yeah. And the same with Herschel Walker. It, it's just, it's tremendously insulting. Yes. So, so that's what I was thinking about. It, it, there was one man talking about, you know, here, you know, I am a, I'm, I'm a white male, and he didn't say his sexual orientation, but I'm a white male <laughs> and I'm not Jewish. And mm -hmm. that people like me have to stand up. And why aren't the Republicans standing up? They came for the Jews, but I'm not a Jew, so I didn't stand up. And then they came for homosexuals, and I'm not a homosexual, so I didn't stand up. And on and on and on. And they came for me, and nobody stood up. So, I think you do have to say no sometimes. You know, I say I work with lawyers in that profession. I used to be one, so I know whereof I speak. And, and uh, you know, it's easy to get to get angry. You know, get sort of you know, you get entangled with your client, which you know, some of that is inevitable and probably useful if you know that that happens. It's easy to get to get angry at opposing counsel or at a judge who is, you know, sometimes you get, don't tell, but sometimes you get dumb judges. <laughs> <laughs>
and and you have to say no and you don't have to hate but and it's difficult not to hate it's very hard and it's it's really important so that's i think for a lot of us that's our practice now how to stand up and how not to hate at the same time in the process of uh, thinking about this stuff, I thought about a wonderful movie called Encanto. I don't know if you saw it. It's a, a girl, she was probably from Colombia, Kelly tells me, and um, whatever, because she's from a magic place. Mm-hmm. And does it, has everybody, has anybody not seen Encanto? Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Is it a um, animated movie? Yeah, it is. And, and she, she comes from a family with magic powers. And she doesn't have magic powers. And, uh, well, I'm going to have to tell you some the story, because otherwise it's, <laughs> it doesn't help my lecture. And it's still, it's wonderful to watch it. I watched it when I was in Spain. I watched it on my iPhone. <laughs> should probably see it again on a larger screen. Yeah. Um, Anyway, the family lives in this magical house and each member of the family, when they hit, I don't know, sort of puberty looked like something like that. They, they, uh, they go through a certain door and they uh, receive their magic powers. And one woman can just lift really heavy things. And another woman can just make flowers wherever she is, beautiful flowers. And, um, uh, I can't remember all their other names. One, one of them can shapeshift, like yeah. change from person to person. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, and uh, and there's one that that's been sort of banished, and he can he can uh, see into the future. Yeah. That's Bruno. You may have heard of the song. We don't talk about Bruno. That's that song got very popular. It's quite a wonderful song. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, the house starts, and then there's the the the, the, the matriarch, and uh, the house starts to kind of uh, deteriorate. And the young girl, does anybody remember her name? Marielle or Mariela? Maybe. Some, yes, anyway, yeah. let's call her Mariela. Yeah. <laughs> when she touched that door, nothing happened. She doesn't have any magical powers. But the house is falling apart and she thinks, well, if she could find Bruno, maybe she could ask him what to do. So she actually does find Bruno, who's actually still, he's in the house, but kind of hidden. And she asks him and he tells her he can't quite see it. He can't, he doesn't, it's real vague. The only thing he knows is she's supposed to hug her sister. She hates her sister. (laughs) And her sister hates her. And, uh, you know, she gets teased, Mariella gets teased for not having a special power. And the kids in the village are always asking her, so what's your special power? And she has to sort of hem and haw and try to change the subject or whatever. So she's really taken aback and kind of says, no, that'll never happen. And he says, that's all I know. You should hug your sister. And so she goes back into the main part of the house and she's kind of thinking about it and she decides she'll have to try. And 
you know, she goes, I, I think she goes to, I don't remember exactly that. I remember the general thing. I think she goes to her sister and says, I'm supposed to hug you. And her sister says, yeah. get out of here. <laughs> and they have a fight. And in the process, some truth comes out between them. And uh, it turns out that the, the sister's very upset and very unhappy because she's going to marry this young man. He's very, very good looking, but he's kind of not that bright. Yeah. And, and the sister seems quite bright. Or, mm -hmm. And, but, and, and she's, and, and uh, Mariella at some point says, what do you, but why are you doing it? Says, I'm doing it for the family. And everybody does whatever they do for the family. And, and in the process of getting upset and honest, the sister creates something, she creates a cactus, and she's so happy that she created a cactus. <laughs> I understand it, because it's not really a pretty flower. Mm -hmm. It's prickly. Sometimes you need to be prickly. And she was, she was really thrilled. And she, uh, she decides not to marry him. I don't remember how where that comes in, but pretty soon she decides not to. And uh, I guess I should just skip. I, and I don't remember. I remember various details. There's a lot of music and dancing, and I get just I don't want to distract <laughs> Anyway, what in the end what happens is that Mariela stands up to the matriarch. Somehow I think it's her grandmother. Not her. I think it's her grandmother. And uh, you know, and, and says you know. We have to stop just living for what we think you want. And you have to stop telling us what you think, what we want. We, we get to say what we want. And she says, she says, no, and nobody else in that family, had, it, I don't know if it ever even occurred to them that they could say no, but they're falling apart. I mean, the woman that used to be able to, carry that she carried a donkey or something mm -hmm. you know and she couldn't she couldn't she didn't she started to lose faith in herself that she couldn't lift as much and various things started you know it was like the whole whatever this magical nexus was it was dissolving and mariella just says the truth and says this is this isn't right and we're 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 uh we're doing what we think you want, and we don't exist independently. So I shouldn't say that, that not that phrase, but mm -hmm. something. And uh, and the grandmother is really taken aback because it never occurred to her because she thinks she's just doing it for the family. Yeah. And um, she hadn't realized how tight she was holding on. And so the family, they all kind of you know fall apart and and open up and Mariella and the sister does not marry this guy and her younger sister who is gaga about him and probably a little more compliant than Mariella. I don't know whether she's smart or not, but, yeah. but she's anyway, and she's just gaga about him. She has, you can just sort of see her eyes going to stars or something. She like <laughs> at one point, in some, there, there's a party or something. I don't know. I just know that Mariella sort of takes her and puts her right in front of this guy, and he looks at her, and they. It's, it's like this is a this is a marriage made in heaven. Mm -hmm. That's not. This is, mm -hmm. and 
So they all, it's like they all kind of fall apart and then they look at themselves and look at each other and realize that they have been um, too focused on the grandmother and what she wants and she hasn't even been thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And so I don't remember exactly, I remember the end of when she goes, <laughs> I don't remember how it comes to that exactly, but it, it comes to the house yeah. rebuilds itself. Yes. Yeah. And it's just sparkling. It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And the grandmother says to Mariella, you made this happen. You kind of put us back, rejuvenated us. Mm -hmm. And so you should open that door. You should be the first to walk in. So of course she touches the door mm -hmm. and magic happens. Yeah. Yeah. It's a wonderful movie, yeah. and it's much better than that because especially all the dancing and and the the flowers and the oh it's wonderful. Anyhow, but just that thought that Mariella said no, and her sister said no, and they did hug. I mean they reconciled big time. When they finally did hug, they meant it, you know. Yeah. And I think that the house would have rejected if they didn't mean it. You know, if they just said, oh, all right, this is going to fix the house. <laughs> Probably wouldn't have worked. Yeah. And so we have to mean it. We have to mean it when we say no, but it, it needs to come from someplace in the heart that is saying no because it's deeply important and not out of a place of you have to stop it, you know, that's just, no, I, I can't, I can't go along with that. Yeah. No, I can't. That's no, that's not okay with me and my values and my heart or however it comes to you. But from someplace, well, I'm having a shy attack, but I mean, from someplace of love. And not from not from that kind of places. Oh, this hurts me more than it hurts you, honey. <laughs> anyway, from but from some some place of love to the to the extent we can, and if not from love, from some place of I'm sorry to say equanimity, but if I could get to equanimity, I'd say that was a place of love. <laughs> but someplace. You know, maybe I can't get there, but, and I know I'm not there mm -hmm. and I do have some control of myself and awareness so that I don't have to dump my anger and hatred on this other person. I don't have to make it worse. Mm -hmm. And I still can say, I can, if I need to say no, I can say no, you know, maybe not. No, that just doesn't work, you know, but maybe just no, <laughs> but not no, you bastard. Yeah, you're crazy. No, you, you don't have to say that. Take your meds. <laughs> Anyhow, um, I think that that movie is a really wonderful example of a whole family, you know, 
empowered by Mariella, but and the whole family saying, no, no, this isn't this isn't right. And and the grandmother too. I mean, she got to the point where she understood what she you know that she had been holding on too tight mm -hmm. because she knew the before times and she was she was scared. She didn't she didn't want to go back there. And what she was doing, of course, was actually taking them back there. Mm -hmm. But she didn't, you know, took her a while to realize that. But when she did, she also was able to uh, loosen her grip. So I don't, I, you know, I, I don't know exactly what we or anybody that you have to decide for yourself what, if anything, you want to do about the, the um, racism, sexism. Homophobia, <laughs> anti-Semitism, and four others, I don't know, uh, that are going on right now. But it is, and it's useful to remember that, that sometimes, sometimes you have to say no. And you do it because you're practicing. You do it the best you possibly can, which may not be quite uh, Buddha level right at the moment. <laughs> But you do it the best you can with as much awareness as you can. And that's what I have to say. <laughs> so does anybody have any comments or questions or whatever? Any whatevers? Kelly? I will just say you haven't lived until you've seen like a, about 10, 5 to 12 year olds doing We Don't Talk About Bruno, all <laughs> taking their own parts of yeah, the song. Yeah. Which I have now seen a number of times. I see. That was that was such a phenomenon on the schoolyard. Ah, well, can you can you take a? Are they still doing it? Can you take a video of it? I think it's faded, but I'll I'll oh. ask Heather if she's got one. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Marilyn. Looking forward to watching the movie. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I feel like it's a no that's just really clear and not personal and feels so much better than a kind of personal anger. It's real straightforward to me. Uh-huh. I mean, I was really angry when we were watching the news hour and Judy Woodruff was interviewing um, Mike Pence. And Liam had to keep saying to me, it's okay, it's okay. <laughs> you can handle it. Judy's got it. <laughs> I don't know what kind of no that was, but probably not that clear. Well, <laughs> Thank we, you, Mary. Uh, we can give ourselves a little leeway on the TV since they can't hear us. Yeah. <laughs> Zach? I'm Jewish. Hey, um, and, um, so a few years ago, this guy, I was with a group and this guy told a joke about Jewish cola and on the bottom of it, it says open other end. And I said to the guy, you know, I'm Jewish, but that's not, that doesn't even make sense. I thought Jews are clever and you know, all that kind of stuff. And he was sort of apologetic and whatever. It didn't really, it didn't like piss me off or anything. It just seemed stupid. And, um, but I think about that 
for some reason once in a while and how, you know, I maybe wouldn't have said anything and just went, that didn't make any sense or that was stupid. But in looking back, I'm kind of glad I at least said something. And, um, and, you know, other stuff has come up in my life, not about being Jewish necessarily, but I guess we have to figure out when it's worth saying something and when maybe if you're one person and there's 20 laughing at an off-color joke or something, but I guess sometimes it's definitely justified pushing back. But maybe not all the time. I'm not sure. Anyway. What was funny about that? I don't, I mean, I just, I don't, I, I'm glad you said something. I don't mean at all. I'm not, but I don't get it. Well, it, yeah, it didn't make sense. Okay. Thank you. For me. I told the guy and he was, he was, um, and, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I said, but it's like making fun of, a people and that character doesn't match. I mean, it just seemed like a dumb joke. Anyway, other people kind of chuckled, but I think they chuckled just because when someone tells a joke, mm. even if you don't think it's funny, you sort of. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Thank you. Um, Steve? And then Kate? Yeah, I just wanted to respond to what you said Zach about when 20 people are laughing and maybe it's not appropriate to speak up and actually sometimes there's a well-known phenomenon called um, the bystander effect where when a lot of people will all think oh everybody else thinks this is funny so I won't say anything but like the majority of people think this is wrong but nobody wants to stand up because it looks like everybody else is doing it and and it doesn't need to be you personally feeling that you're the target or that you would be the target. But I mean, it's like just as a general rule that um, usually there are more people who are silent and it just takes one or two people to say something and then that can like change the game. So I wanted to add that in there. Kate and then, and then Lisa. I think it's often difficult to say something out loud in, in, in a group of people because you don't want to, if it's a group of people that you're around on a regular basis, you don't, the fear is to be excluded because of your, your point of view and, um, or to put your job in danger. I mean, I've been in situations where I wanted to say something to someone who is at a much higher level than me, like, the president of the medical group and i was told very clearly not to do that for the sake of my my job you know and and um and I've, i you know i've been in different positions like that i mean i was cleaning houses when i was uh in graduate school and i was in this fancy neighborhood in the home of an evangelical woman pastor and um and she asked me if I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as my personal savior. And I said, well, uh, I have my own you know, faith. And she said, well, I'd like you to say it. I'd like you to say it. And I knew if I said it, if I didn't say it, I'd lose my job. And I wouldn't say it, you know, so, oh, well, I cleaned her house. <laughs> and then I went back. But, 
But, you know, I don't know. It's hard to know when to speak up, and there's times when it's harder to than others. Um, I just, I hope that I have the courage to do it when, when it's, well, I don't know. I guess you never know the outcome. So it's one of those things where you have to search your own heart. But I think, I know there's a place in me that knows when some harmful thing is being done. And I think sometimes I give myself the excuse, well, what I say won't make any difference anyway, but I think it does. Even if it's just to me to feed my ability to do it more often, but um, that's all. Feel free to jump in if you want to. Lisa? Yeah, I'm thinking a lot of different things, but I'm also Jewish and the other day I was at my father, my father's not Jewish, but, and he's married to somebody now that isn't either. And I was at their house the, the other day and they were, his wife was going on and on about how great Elon Musk is. Oh. And, and then in the course of the conversation, something else came up and she made some comment about Jews. And I just, I was just like, what? I, it was such a, it was such an, like an immediate response. I just said, what? And she didn't say anything. And I just turned the conversation somewhere else. But, um, but yeah, I have a situation at work that I kind of piggybacking on what, what Kate was saying where, yeah, it's, it's different when, when it's your job. And the situation is not, related to anything that's racist or anti-Semitic or, but it's just, things are happening that just feel very wrong. And like a lot of people are going to lose their jobs and they're, it's just, it just feels like the ship is being turned in the wrong direction. And I don't know how to handle this. I don't know. I mean, I want to leave, but I, I don't have another job right now. So and I'm oftentimes like in meetings, the squeaky wheel and the irritated one. So then I think I'm going to get fired. And, and so anyway, it is very complicated. And then the other thing I wanted to say is when you were talking about this movie, there's another, there's a, it reminded me of another show that I've recently become addicted to on HBO called We're, we're Here. Has anybody watched this? It's amazing. It's about these three drag queens that go into all these small towns in America. They're like, go around to like really conservative towns and they put on a drag show and they get all the, and they, they also like, it's a reality show. And they, they, they oftentimes will connect with people that are in various stages of being closeted. And, and, but they're working with the community to put on this show and it's all about being so it's kind of like the opposite of no it's like yes because they keep saying you have to be really loud about it like you have to like they go into the town and they're like bah, with their <laughs> they're like going to places like you know like like you know mormon uh towns in utah and like these places that are really conservative christian towns or um, they went to Selma, Alabama, and they, they and they just like 
lots of glitter and feathers and makeup and you know and they're and they just I mean they're bodhisattvas it's incredible the way and they there's no anger there's no confrontation it's all from a place of love it's incredible I I highly recommend (laughs) this show anyway that's all (laughs) we're here that's what that's what Zelensky says. Zelensky says, "Yeah, yeah, tut." I think it is. Yeah. I'm here. I've told you this before. I think anyway. I spoke up once, and I and I think it might have been one of the few times when you shouldn't. It was my friend's Trisha's uh, mother had died, and she asked me to come up and sort of officiate at a graveside funeral kind of thing, and. We were at her house. She's uh, she's she's Soda Roxu here, and we became friends. And she lives in Sacramento, and she used to take care of uh, my previous dog a lot. Anyway, so her cousins were there, you know, and these are all people in their sixties and seventies. We were all, we were all, and and they both live. God, I don't remember where they live now, but they're they don't live here. They used to live in the Central Valley like at Merced or something. And they kept talking and and you could just tell that they were talking about um, Mexican Americans. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember what they were saying. You know, it was kind of those people and well we we left because there were too many of those people and that kind of thing. Now, you know, I worked for the farm workers union. I know lots of Mexican Americans. And they're amazing people. Anyway, um, it went on, and it became, after what became clear, and I and I asked them something that outed it, you know. And and I don't remember what I said, but I said something that that made it clear that I didn't approve of that. And then, you know, they've been having the three of them, especially, you know, they've been having a warm, sweet time together remembering things and talking about old times and stuff, you know, and it just sort of deflated it. Mm-hmm. And then later Trish told me that she'd been really upset that I had kind of punctured their bubble or something, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. and she's, and I think she was right. I think that that was one of the few times that it, it, it might've been, it would have been better to just to not say anything. You know, I could have left the room or something like that. Uh, I, I I'm I think I'm I'm pretty clear that it was a time to not say something. It was not like they, I was going to change their minds for sure. But anyway, I, it's it's just it's one of the few times. There's plenty of times when I didn't say something, and I think I should have or whatever. But um, I think that's one where it would have been better not to. But it's very rare. They weren't hurting anybody at the time. I don't know. Turn the computer a little bit so they can see you. We have a we have a new person here. She's not a guest. We already Hello. put her to work. Yeah. <laughs> I meant it now. <laughs> so there's a few things um, that I feel about what's occurring in the world. I shared with Mary um, and Kelly that I'm from Louisiana originally. Um, I've been in California for seven years now, and 
Um, the mentality for many people that reside there is very thwarted. It's, I grew up in a very um, Christian environment, um, very Southern Baptist to be exact. And I questioned everything throughout my life. And I was constantly, um, my grandmother embraced my questions, but uh, many other people around me did not. It was very much so, whatever we say, you must accept. You shouldn't ask questions because all the truth lies in, you know, this Bible and God. And so, you know, it wasn't even about questioning my own thoughts, but it was like I was going against whatever the Bible was saying or whatever God was saying per se. And that just didn't sit well with me. And so I think that when you're deeply embedded in a community and you accept that community and you stay within that area, you, you have to conform or be shunned. And so I believe that with Kanye West or he, whatever he goes by now, Elon Musk, these people are surrounded by a community, as we were saying earlier, where people are deeply afraid to say something, but they also must conform if they're going to remain within that circle, whether it's for a job or trying to give support to a friend. I know that there's been people that have tried to support Kanye during this time and, you know, speak that he's just acting out because of his mental illness. Um, and, but then he turns the table and directs anger towards them. So it's almost as though he has all of this anger deeply embedded with him that he has not addressed yet. And it's not just, you know, him lashing out, um, anti-Semitism, but I feel this deep disappointment because um, I'm, I'm African-American myself. part of me is, <laughs> many things inside of me, but it, I've never seen someone with such a platform and such great success, you know, seeing another African-American that's a billionaire, it's admirable at first until you see who he really is. And then it, it is, to me, it's disgusting, it's disheartening, and, you know, I, I'm disappointed that he's constantly being put on these platforms and instead of condemning it, they allow him to spew um, and, and where it's, it's being embedded on, on TV and on, on the radio and, you know, no, no, put him away. Even if he doesn't want to go to, you know, a ward or take his medicine, he 
he, he, he must not be given that platform anymore. Um, I like that they've taken away everything from him, all of these endorsements, because he does not deserve them. Um, but again, I think I'm, I'm mostly disappointed because that's an African-American person that I cannot look up to anymore. Other than the people who enable him are, yeah. you know, really much work. Because he is, it seems obvious that he's ill. He's very ill. Mm -hmm. Very, very ill. <sighs> <laughs> okay, I think this is a good place to stop. Yes. Beings are numberless. I vow to save them. Delusions are inexhaustible. I vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless. I vow to enter them. Buddha's way is unsurpassable. I vow to become it. Beings are numberless. I vow to save them. Delusions are inexhaustible. I vow to end them. Karma gates are boundless. I vow to enter them. Buddha's way is unsurpassable. I vow to become it. Beings are numberless. I vow to save them. Delusions are inexhaustible. I vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless. I vow to enter them. Buddha's way is unsurpassable. I vow to become it.